Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Well, welcome. And today we're starting something new at Connect. And every month in 2016, the call and vocation team will be sponsoring an episode. We'll be talking with different guests and going more in-depth about their call to ministry and what it means to have a Christian vocation. We start out 2016 with our first guest in this series, Jim Parsons. Jim's pastor of Indian Trail UMC in the Metro District, and he heads up the call and vocation team for the Western North Carolina Conference. So welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Well, yeah, it's good to have you online. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Our uh, commercials and intros got messed up. So uh, we'll see how the rest of this show goes. I can hear you and you can hear me. So we're on the move. So let's just start out. You tell me about Jim Parsons. Uh, uh, where did you grow up? What's your early education, your background in church, that kind of thing? Sure. Uh, well, I was uh, born in Royal Oak, Michigan and grew up there and uh, moved down to Charlotte when I was eight years old. My uh, dad had the chance to choose between Plano, Texas and Charlotte, North Carolina to transfer to, and he chose Charlotte, and I've loved that decision ever since. Uh, so I grew up in Charlotte and was a graduate of West Charlotte High School, went to Montreat College, which is a small uh, Christian liberal arts school in the mountains of North Carolina, and we have a famous resident who lives there named Billy Graham. Uh, okay. And so I got my bachelor's there and then went to Duke Divinity School for my master's of, of uh, divinity. Okay. Um, so so um, what church did you grow up in in Charlotte? Yeah, well, I, when we first moved here, we weren't very active in church, but we uh, we would attend every so often. I was confirmed at Memorial United Methodist there on Central in Charlotte, Okay. And a new church started in the elementary school that I was trying to remember whether I was still active. Well, I st- may have been in sixth grade or I may have just graduated into seventh grade, but I knew my sister still went there at Mallard Creek Elementary School. And it was hmm. University City that started when Belmont Park moved from their location on Hawthorne Lane, and they were starting their new new, new place out in uh, the university area. And so we started going when uh, we were they were in the school, and... That turned into my home church. We started to be very active in that, and that's the congregation that I call our home. Okay. So um, what we're going to be doing every month uh, during uh, 2016, the Call and Vocation uh, team and and Connect have uh, partnered together, and we're going to be talking about call. And so each month there's going to be a different guest that uh, Call and Vocation team has found, and they're going to be talking about call to ministry. So you being uh, the chair of that team, uh, tell us about your call to ministry. How did that all come about? Yeah, uh, growing up, I, well, let me start here, that I always was a little nervous about talking about my call, because it's not this fabulous story. I always wanted one of those, you know, or I was always jealous of those powerful conversion stories, almost like Paul on the road to Damascus, or something along those lines. But my, my call has been always just this quiet nudging from God. It started when I was in high school. 
I got a really active in youth group. We were doing many different things, such as puppet ministry and choir, and we went on mission trips and to uh, spiritual weekends to like Camp Tacoa, and thoroughly enjoying uh, youth and being active as a youth. And when in the middle of high school, we're trying to figure out that proverbial question of, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I hmm. tried some different avenues. I thought, you know, maybe I wanted to be a doctor, but then, no, that definitely wasn't it. thought, well, maybe I want to be an architect, but then I realized I can't draw. Uh, so there's some different avenues I was thinking about, and one of, the advi- one of the pieces of advice I received was, you know, find out what you love to do and then see if that can turn into a career. And so I was hmm. looking as a, uh, you know, 15, 16-year-old, where, where did I love to be? Where would I, What did I love to do? And the answer was I love to be at church and to be hmm. active in the things that we did there and the ministries we did there. And so I remember it was a Wednesday night meal, and I walked up to my associate pastor, Paul Craig, and I said to him, hey, Paul, what does a youth pastor make? <laughs> uh, you know, I was looking for that, I was looking for that you know, idea, is this actually a viable way to make a living? <laughs> Uh, and I had no no notion of what it meant to be called uh, or anything like that. I just knew that I liked to be at church, and it'd be great if I could, you know, kind of live on a spiritual high forever. Uh, and so he, what he did was he invited me into his office, and he sat me down and said, uh, well, you know, let's have a conversation. And through that conversation, he shared with me his calling. He was a second career pastor, and he sh- shared with me how God kind of spoke to him and called him into ministry. And then he, I can remember clearly he looked at me and said, Jim, I, I think you are called into ministry. And I was kind of like, okay. <laughs> and, you know, being 16 years old and hearing that, I had no clue what that meant and uh, what kind of details, you know, what, what that would mean for the rest of my life. Uh, so I went to, went to college thinking I would uh, be a, a camp counselor or a camp director where I could direct mm. a, you know, a Christian camp and welcome youth groups up in, on weekends and uh, over the summer and that sort of thing. But uh, about a semester into my education, realized that it was not where God was calling me and started to do different internships in the middle of college and over the summer to uh, kind of experience what ministry could be like. <clears throat> Back uh, it's the summer of 1996, the conference had, um, they offered an internship and being that my home is Charlotte and the conference office is there in Charlotte, I thought this was a great opportunity. I was going to be at home anyway over the summer. I could uh, work there for the summer and possibly understand what it means to, to be a minister a little bit more. And so I worked there for two summers, uh, in, in summer of 96 and summer of 97, and I helped with annual conference preparation back when you have to make these huge packets to pass out to everybody. And oh, yes. I uh, would help out during annual conference and uh, saw some different areas of conference ministry that I never knew existed by just showing up for worship and youth stuff at University City. And I don't know if it was my first time we, we were saying about it the second summer, but we were sitting around the conference table there in the uh, in the conference office, and you know they asked me to kind of say a few words as we were saying goodbye, and I wrote a letter to everyone, and in that letter it said something along the lines of, uh, thank you for letting me know that ministers are people. <laughs> hmm. And everyone kind of laughed, but uh, for me it was a great realization that those who are called into ministry are actual real people. Because I always had that notion when I heard that I might be called, you know, I didn't feel worthy of that whatsoever. I didn't feel like I was 
holy enough or gifted enough or talented enough to to do that. Mm. And working at the conference office and seeing different people in ministry, you know, it really showed me that these are just normal people who God has called into into ministry and came to realize that I was probably one of those people too. Um, so that that's kind of the, the early stages of my calling, but, you know, calling is never stagnant. It always is adapting and moving, and so there's um, a lot more to that story too. Oops. Yeah, Jim, we're getting a, a little static here, um, mm-hmm. so I'm not catching all your words. But I want to go back okay. to something you said earlier on, um, yeah. and that was you wish that you had the call uh, that was a little more dramatic, uh, you know, the God calling you from uh, up above kind of thing that uh, is often you, know, you hear in other places. It, it wasn't the way I heard the call either. Um but it, it it's the kind of thing that uh, all the, all the time that you've uh, been hearing call stories from people, and we'll talk more about that in the second half of the show. How many uh, people do you really run into that have had these dramatic calls? <laughs> well, you, I think uh, growing up as a youth, you know, you hear the, some of the biblical stories, uh, and I guess that's what in my head that's what I thought it kind of worked as. Mm. You know, Jesus comes, knocks you off the horse, and then you realize that you're you're called by him or something along those lines. Right. Uh, but, yeah, definitely the more I talk, the more, uh, you know, God works in all different kinds of ways, and there are people who are called in that in that type of fashion. But uh, those those quiet moments of the soul seem to be more common than than I realized when I was a teenager. Oh, sure. Uh, and And since then I've realized, you know, Every call story is po- is powerful, uh, no doubt, because it's God working through someone and calling them to be a you know set apart for uh, helping bring about the kingdom of God. So there's power in that story, no matter how it's done and how it happens. Yeah, and uh, the other thing that I always think about that uh, you know we are often always looking for. Uh, God to come out of that burning bush and talk to us. But oftentimes, right. uh, God talks through us through ordinary human beings, uh, other ministers. And you mentioned Paul Craig uh, mm-hmm. being one of those mentors in your life. Who were uh, some of the, the mentors at the conference office when you were interning at the conference office? Who were some of those uh, folks that were working um, there that uh, made a difference yeah. in your life? Well, Harold Bales was running, was uh, kind of the one in charge back then. I forget exactly what his position was called. It's right. probably changed about 20 times since then. <laughs> oh, guaranteed. Uh, and uh, Janet Hitch was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Robinson, I worked with her in the in the resource uh, area f- for a while, too. Um, and uh, Mark Barton, I helped him out a lot. Uh, back, back then at annual conference, I forget exactly what the report was called, but like the conference staff would almost do a musical to present oh, yes. kind of their report. And so I was helping him do staging and kind of figuring all this stuff out and uh so those are those are the people that I remember and you know they definitely put a, a human face to to ministry which helped me realize uh you know that God calls all people and you know I'm just one of those people. Okay. So what led you um from this call to 
local church ministry. How did how did that all begin? You went from conference office, office intern. You knew you were called. Uh, how did you end up as a local church pastor? Well, I uh, had some good advice to start the candidacy process, and I received a mentor, Duke Eisen. And okay. Duke, uh, Duke was it was while I was in in undergrad. And so he was said, well, you know, to help with MEF money, which I didn't even know what that was or anything like that. He says, we need to get you to a certain place. So when you go to divinity school, you know, you'll have some funding. And um, he really kind of helped me to get ready to divinity, for divinity school. And uh, when I got to Duke, they have field ed placements, which also help with uh, um, one, to get experience, but also to help with your tuition and those sorts of things. And I needed that help, and I knew I needed experience because I've learned a lot just doing ministry instead of just you know reading about it or um, thinking about it or those type of things. And so I, I set about to do as many field as placements as I could, and I did five of them. And the first oh two were goodness. in the local church. Yeah, the first two were in the local church and got some good experience on what that meant. But I always had this, I don't know, it's probably fear talking, but I was always scared to uh, be in the local church. I grew up just petrified to talk in front of people. Uh, I remember in school just kind of hiding when the teacher was looking for someone to read out of a book or to give an answer or, you know, to give a book report. You know, I'd be swimming in sweat standing in front of the class. Uh, So I was like, I do not want to stand in front of a pulpit every single Sunday. Uh, So I kind of ran from that idea uh, while while at Duke, trying different things. And so after my two internships or field ed placements in the local church, I decided to branch out and try something else. I was uh, worked with um, a group out of the Duke Hospital there called Partners in Caring, and we were, it was kind of a chaplaincy for HIV and AIDS patients. Hmm. And so we would go, and if there was an HIV or AIDS patient that came into Duke University Hospital, we would go visit with them, but we also did some uh, outreach to the community, some uh, support groups to the the other surrounding counties and those sorts of things. And then I did a a course of CPE or clinical pastoral education the following summer. And instead of being in the hospital, they were urban placements. And so Hmm. I did a, uh, I was working in in a recreational center and a low income housing development uh, for one summer. So that was great because I got to play with kids (laughs) all summer. And then we would go to the hospital for the kind of the CPE talk and discussions and those sorts of things. Yeah, that um, would have been a very different placement. I mean, when I think of CPE, I always think of hospital placements. But to be in a rec center, that would be a, I think, a Yeah, we had some that were in a rec I was in a rec center. Yeah, and we had others that were in a working at a homeless shelter. You know, it was a different type of kind of ministry outreach setting. Hmm. Uh, but then I remember cool. I came back, came back from that experience and was looking for my in my third year, looking for one more uh, field ed placement, and uh, Bruce Stanley was in charge of field ed at Duke at the time, and okay. he looked at me and said, "I have a placement. It's not for any every everybody." I said, "But I, you know, I think that you would be a great fit for it." Um, and I said, "All right." <laughs> and he said, "There's a three-point charge in Rougemont, North Carolina, which is about half an hour north of uh, Duke," mm-hmm. and he said, "It's a three-point charge." And the the pastor there, what you will do is you'll do worship together at 9 o'clock, and then at 11 o'clock you split off and she does one church and you do the other church. And so 
I wrestled with that idea, prayed about it, and accepted it. And so for my third year at Divinity School, I was preaching every week at this small, you know, rural three-point charge in Rougemont, North Carolina. And uh, it was during that time that I kind of agreed to stop fighting it. And I remember sitting hmm. in the in the Duke Chapel um, at one point, I think it was after exams, and just kind of looking at God going and praying and saying, Fine, I understand. You're calling me to the local church. I'm going to stop running from it, and I will go. And so uh, I, um, about that time, accepted uh, an idea to move to England for a year to have three churches over there. And I got, what, graduated Duke, got married two weeks later, and then about two months later we moved to moved to England, and I had three churches in the Ashton Underline Circuit, which is near Manchester. Uh, and kind of just dived right in, and I haven't looked back since. All right. Well, we're going to take a break now, and then we'll come back after uh, the break and talk more about the call and vocation team and um, your plans. Hello, I'm Jim Parsons, the chair of the call and vocation team for the Western North Carolina Conference. We are thrilled to partner with UM Connect to bring you some unique conversations in 2016. Our team is focused on cultivating a culture of call within our conference. And for more information about our work, visit us at isgodcallingme.org. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church whose mission is to build the church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people, as well as helping churches and related institutions invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes, and we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. And you can find out more about the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina at the sponsor page on the show's website, which is umconnect.info. And so we're back here with Jim Parsons, and Jim was uh, one of the commercials. So the Call and Vocation team is one of our uh, new sponsors for 2016. And uh, uh, so you'll hear him every month when um, it's uh, the time for uh, Call and Vocation team guests. So um, this is the first installment of a series, and so uh, tell us, Jim, about uh, the idea that you guys have for 2016 and partnering here with uh, UM Connect. Sure. Well, our mission in the Call and Vocation team is to cultivate a culture of call within our conference, and so we're looking for different ways to do that. And as we're kind of uh, we're brainstorming about what to do in 2016, uh, this this. Uh, this radio show and podcast came up, and we thought it would be a great opportunity to continue some of the work that we were doing in, uh, in, in, this, in this area and helping people just simply share their stories and so that others can kind of hear their story within their, um, these people's story. So we're looking forward to this relationship and partnership in 2016. Yeah, I can remember when you called me. Uh, the team called me. I was down at Duke on Continuing Ed, and so I was eating lunch, and uh, you guys call me, and we have a uh, a team thing. Um, one of the things that uh, I want uh, people to know is who who is on this call and vocation team for our conference. Who are some of those names and people that uh, folks can turn to? Yeah, well, that's a great question. We uh, the goal that we when we set up the team or restructured it 
was to get um, different people in the in the conference that uh, are doing some work and also to uh, are doing work with uh, young people or who also have a passion for call and uh, kind of uh, reaching out to uh, young people and young adults to uh, feel a call in the ministry. So we reached out to John Isley, who's over at uh, uh, Camp Tacoa. Um, we have Steve Cheney, who's the um, what, the head of the campus ministry at UNC Charlotte. Uh, right. We also have Doug Humes, who's a professor at Pfeiffer. Uh, Luke Lingle, who is a uh, he's one of the Vitality or Church Vitality strategists. Strat- yeah, yeah, one of Correct. those. <laughs> For the uh, for the conference, um, and then myself, uh, Sally Queen, who is the associate um, person uh, for ministerial services over at the conference office. She's kind of uh, the person who asked me to serve on this team and to lead it. And then we have some uh, just other people who are uh, pastors who are in, in the process: Bo Linker and Meredith Hinton and Carter Ellis and uh, Charlie Brown, who is a uh, youth person down in Weddington. Um, so. And Sarah Bells, who's uh, over at Davidson. So we have a variety of people who are in the local church, but people who are in extension ministry as well. Okay. And so those that are listening, uh, these are good folks to talk to. And uh, yeah. um, I, I want wanted to get you know their names out on the board. So tell us about some of the ways the team is working in the conference to encourage call. Um, how are, tell us about some of the programs uh, and opportunities that. Uh, people have to find out more about their call. Yeah, well, our first uh, kind of main push uh, happened around annual conference last year with a series that we called uh, hashtag I am called, and it was a series of short videos, probably about two minutes long, of people sitting down and simply sharing uh, their call story. And we've collected those. We've have I think around forty or forty-five that are out on our, our YouTube page, and you can see a link to our from our website for that. Um, and so those are uh, being – I find out every so often how people are using those. I think Pfeiffer is using them in their, uh, in their worship, and so they'll show like one as they start worship. And uh, I hear others who are showing them for their church service or some, things like that. But we put them out there just so simply people can hear a wide variety of call stories and hear a uh, number of people share those. Uh, we also are, this is part of call and vocation, but it's uh, it's also separate, happened before, but it's called IDK. It's, uh, mm-hmm. and if any of your listeners don't know what it stands for, it means I don't know, and short, shorting for text or texting. And it's for youth. It's a youth conference for those who are 6th to 12th grade, and they are youth uh, that might be feeling like they are called by God, and they're trying to figure out what that all means, and and uh, and kind of wondering what that journey might look like. Uh, this is something that uh, Sally and I kind of came up with after talking with her. Uh, Adam Hamilton came to our uh, annual conference, and he talked about kind of the work that the Church of the Resurrection does for youth who are feeling called into ministry. They call it. Uh, the Mac Track Ministry as a Career, and so youth can have an opportunity that if they feel like they might be called into ministry, they can take the Mac Track, and it leads them, you know, down a path and gives them some answers. I was like, wow, where was that <laughs> when I was mm. a youth? That would have been awesome. I would have, you know, gobbled that up. And so we came up with IDK to be a place where youth who might be feeling called can find out that they're not alone, that there's other people in the other youth who are wrestling with this idea. 
and that they can turn the I don't know into I do know that I am called by God. Um, so it's a great way to uh, hear different people's call stories, but also explore what their spiritual gifts are, a uh, safe place to ask questions, what ministry really looks like. And we have uh, for IDK 16, we have three different locations around the conference this year. Uh, we have uh, one event happening in um, Covenant Community in Asheville, one at Main Street in Kernersville, and one in Denver, in Denver, North Carolina. And they're all happening on the same day, uh, February 20th. And from about 9, 9.30 to about 3, 3.30 in the afternoon. And we invite anyone who has a youth or the youth themselves who feel like they are called into ministry or some sort of ministry to come and participate in one of those events to, to learn more. Yeah, and uh, uh, we just ran that uh, uh, news article last week on the conference uh, uh, website. It was on Facebook. It will be in the next issue of E! News. So, uh, those of you who might be listening, um, all the information is out there. It's also on uh, your website as well, isn't it? Right, yeah, isgodcallingme.org. And uh, one other thing is the that's Explore Summer Ministry Internship uh, for college students who are looking to have kind of a ministerial experience or experience in ministry over the summer as a 10-week internship uh, in the local churches. And that information, again, is on our website too. Okay. So um, let's talk about um, all the ways that you can connect with uh, the Call and Vocation team, because you have a website, is godcallingme.org. Um, that's also on the UM Connect website, so you can go and click that link, be there. Um, you've got a Facebook page. Yes. Uh, you've got are. a YouTube. Um, right. Any other we're ways on, to connect? Yeah, we're on social media, the, the main... Uh, is God calling me? So that's what you can look up on Twitter or Instagram or uh, Facebook, and that'll link to us. And um, on our website itself, it gives kind of some directions of how you can contact us. Uh, the main contact is, is basically either me or Sally if people have questions or concerns. And there's also some other information on the website that talks about, like, you know, say say you're a pastor in a local church and you have a, someone who's feeling called, what are some things to do, and there's some questions that you can ask and explore to explore if that person is truly feeling like they are called uh, into ministry. Um, but yeah, we try to have an active Facebook page. That's where we posted most of our, our videos, and uh, so those are sort of the ways you can tap into the work that we're doing. Okay. Now, um, yeah, it, it's an interesting story. Uh, you went through high school sweating bullets when it came time to speak. Now you're speaking every Sunday. Um, you're on radio. Uh, you're doing that. How did you overcome uh, some of this? Well, I, I wouldn't say I've overcome it completely. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I still get nervous talking in front of uh, on on Sunday morning. There's always, I mean, it's definitely not as bad as it was when I was in high school by any means. But you know, there's still a. Uh, uh, lump in my throat and you know i can definitely feel this is not where i'm 100 percent myself when i'm up there talking but i what, what's kind of assured me about it is i realize also this is i'm not up there for me uh, i'm Excellent. doing you know the, the public speaking not because of me i'm up there because god has called me and so knowing that it makes it a lot easier to say you know if i had my choice i'd probably be up in the sound booth you know, behind the scenes working, but yet God has asked me to be behind the pulpit and to to bring His Word every Sunday. And so, 
I'm going to do what God is asking me to do and, and stand up there. And that's kind of, it's a moment where I feel God working through me more than really any other. And uh, the fact that it gets to happen every Sunday is a blessing to me. I've learned to enjoy it now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, definitely have, after 13 years, gotten more comfortable behind the pulpit. Uh, but it's definitely a place where I'm like, all right, this is, I, I can feel God's presence, uh, especially in, during sermons and during that time, because I know, you know, this is something God has called me to do, and I'm doing what God is asking me to do. Yeah. I think I heard Fred Craddock one time. Uh, he was speaking to a group of preachers, and he said, you know, I am, I'm nervous every time I get up and in a pulpit, and this is a guy that was just one of the best. But he he said, right. if I wasn't nervous, something would be wrong, and <laughs> uh, and I think that there there is great truth to that. Is that you know those of us called by God, uh, you know, we weren't called because of our greatness. We were called because of our weaknesses, and God will use those too. So yeah. we got about a minute left here. Um, what what's the final word? that you have for someone contemplating ministry, uh, what would you say to them right off the bat? Well, if they're contemplating a, a call into ministry, I would say, you know, go talk to your pastor. Go attempt to do some type of ministry, you know, get active. In my experience, when I have uh, been exploring different avenues of ministry, even if I, you know, was doing youth ministry in a small in a small church and it wasn't a good experience, that was still you know, kind of finalizing or understanding a little bit more of what I'm called. Sometimes no is an a ability to uh, understand more of what God is calling you to do. So don't be, don't be scared. Just rely on God and kind of step out in faith and, and see where God leads you would be my advice. That's a good word. And so as we come to an end, I just want to thank you for giving your time today, Jim, and I look forward to you know, a new guest every month in this series, and we're going to, you know, focus more on call uh, at least once a month during uh, our Connect shows. And so thanks again for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I look forward to this uh, partnership together. Thank you very much. All right. And we look forward to uh, uh, 2016 and all the new guests. And thanks for listening, everyone, to Blog Talk Radio. The show will be available as a podcast at the Blog Talk page and on the show's website and on iTunes now. And you can keep up with the latest at our website, umconnect.info. And we're going to be back next week connecting United Methodists and their stories. Thanks to our sponsors, the Western North Carolina Conference and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. You can find out more about them on the Sponsors section of the website, umconnect.info. I'm Michael Rich, and you've been listening to Connect.